Thank you. Thank also, you, thank, you. thank you to Connie Burton from Tampa with a $25 donation. So thank you, Connie. Yes. Now it's your turn to donate as well. Take inspiration from Victor and from Connie and make a donation to help the Sunday Forum accomplish its goal. Here's how you can do that. You can call 813-239-9663 or you can go on the web at WMNF.org. And this is where you get your conscious information and conscious healing yeah, we more won't. than woke. That's well, right. This is not where woke comes to die, baby. Yeah, this is where it lives. This is where it lives. Thrives. Yeah. Breeds. Which is why we're fighting in Florida right now. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know, one, one, of, the, one of the strong points of this song um, in, in He Will is, is uh, stand strong in your faith. That's right. Huh? And stay in the race. We got NPR coming up in just a second, and we're going to need you to keep going. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Luis Schiavone. Israeli and Palestinian officials are holding a rare security meeting today with U.S. officials. They're trying to calm tensions after a period of intensified violence. NPR's Daniel Estrin has details from Tel Aviv. It's the first high-level security meeting of its kind in years, with top U.S., Jordanian, Egyptian, Israeli, and Palestinian officials meeting in Jordan's Red Sea town of Aqaba. Palestinian officials say the U.S. is presenting a plan to de-escalate tensions. They say under the plan, Israel would decrease its arrest raids on Palestinian cities, like the one last week that Palestinian officials said killed 11 people. And the Palestinian security forces with U.S. assistance would reassert control over areas where militant groups operate. Israeli officials say the focus is to lower tensions during Ramadan, which coincides with Passover in April. Daniel Estrin, NPR News, Tel Aviv. In Italy, authorities say the bodies of 43 migrants have been found near the southern coast after their wooden boats smashed into rocky reefs. Dozens were rescued. With health concerns mounting as a result of this month's train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio, teams from several federal agencies are going door-to-door this weekend to conduct outreach support for residents. At the same time, the EPA is also changing how it's handling the removal of hazardous material from the site. NPR's Dave Mistich has more. EPA Region 5 Administrator Deborah Shore said the agency had ordered Norfolk Southern to pause shipments from the derailment, but vowed that removal of the material would resume soon. Moving forward, waste disposal plans, including disposal location and transportation routes for contaminated waste, will be subject to federal EPA review and approval. Portions of materials related to the derailment, including wastewater from firefighting efforts and contaminated soil, have already been relocated to a Houston, Texas suburb and also to an area outside of Detroit, Michigan. Ohio Governor Mike DeWine says more than 100,000 gallons of liquid waste and 4,500 cubic yards of solid material remain in storage in East Palestine. Dave Mistich, NPR News. Up and down the state of California this weekend, snow fell in varying degrees, including the San Francisco Bay Area. The storm arrived in the region Friday night with high winds and a dusting of snow. Temperatures dropped into the 20s and broke a 132-year-old record for low temperatures. Drivers not accustomed to driving on snow and ice have been cautioned. This is very rare for us in the Bay Area to receive such beautiful snow. But we have to be mindful and be safe when we're out there on the roadways. So just pay attention to the road, pay attention to the signs, and use caution. That's Victor Gautier of the California Department of Transportation. Almost 100,000 people in California lost power. This is NPR News in Washington. Researchers say Canada's emissions have fallen nearly 7% from 2005 levels. As Dan Karpinchuk reports, they still say quick action is needed to meet climate targets. The Climate Institute of Canada says although emissions were down from the 2005 levels, they were up in 2021 by nearly 3% from the previous year. The Institute says the new findings indicate what it describes as a positive decoupling between economic growth and carbon emissions. Now they say swift implementation of policies are needed in the next 10 years to meet Ottawa's 2030 emission reduction plan, which is to reduce greenhouse gas emissions by as much as 45% of 2005 levels. The federal government is moving to more clean energy with a cap on oil and gas emissions, electric vehicles, and stronger methane regulations. For NPR News, I'm Dan Carpenchuk in Toronto.
Agreements among three nations in the Middle East have opened a new corridor for civil aviation. As of today, El Al Israel Airlines will use a new time-saving flight corridor over Saudi Arabia and Oman for travel to Bangkok. The route will save more than two hours on that trip. Three international space station astronauts who've been without a ride home since December are in good shape now that a Russian Soyuz spacecraft has docked. The Soyuz MS-23 lifted off from Kazakhstan Friday. Its mission is to bring back two Russian cosmonauts and one American astronaut in September. The three had been due home in March, but a cooling system leak in their Soyuz 22 had held them up. I'm Louise Schiavone, NPR News. Support for NPR comes from NPR stations. Other contributors include HBO Max. The HBO original drama series Perry Mason starring Matthew Reese returns for a new season. Monday, March 6th at 9 p.m. on HBO Max. This is NPR. You're listening to WMNF Tampa. Music and news. And we're back to the Sunday Forum. We're in the middle of our membership drive and we need your support and we got a few people to thank walter l smith is your host laura rodriguez joins us in the studio i'm patrick mabili and we're trying to get you to show your support for sunday morning public affairs well here's some people who just donated mabili larry king from venice florida has contributed 63 dollars and larry writes a lot to to you guys let me read that he says dear walter you are beautiful you are the good morning so much gratitude for the years of wisdom and knowledge delivered by you and the fourth estate and mr daryl love your family and their (laughs) stories please stay more stronger we hear you loudly in venice mucho love larry king the holistic rn always caring more you can do it so thank you for that donation larry all the way from venice yeah. and those words and those words thank you and we thank also you. have two anonymous donations one from wesley chapel and one from riverview each one is a $100. That's great. So now yes. we're at $500. This show has raised $500 so far. We have a $1,500 goal. We need to raise $1,000 this hour. So we can do that with your help. Please call 813-239-9663, or you can donate on the web at WMNF.org. No one so far this show, I don't think, has taken the Black History USB drive. I'm it's surprised. a thumb drive from the Pacifica Radio Archives. It's yours for a thank you gift for a $100 donation. There's 45 hours of audio on a four gigabyte thumb drive. You'll hear from Nelson Mandela, John Coltrane, Billy Holiday, Paul Robeson, Rosa Park, QEP Newton, and more. Please call now with your $100 donation, 813-239-9663. You know, I, I, I got to say, um, I, I knew Nelson Mandela personally. And that was, you know, that, that was a really great pleasure. Yeah. That was a great pleasure to have known him and to have heard him speak as many times as I have. And to have had the opportunity to actually sit with him and discuss world issues mm-hmm. was like a dream, right? And and, and I've, I've had that opportunity with many, many people who were heads of state. And to be able to come here and share those experiences here on the Sunday Forum uh, early on in the show, you know, we, we had the ambassador, the first black ambassador to, um, to the Republic of South Africa, uh, Bismarck Myrick was here in studio, right here. Uh, and, and we've had some, uh, Mike, uh, Michael Kilgore, who was uh, on 13th on Netflix. Uh, he's not a head of state, but he certainly uh, has written a lot about the issues pertaining to mass incarceration, uh, which was the number one issue, civil rights issue of our day. Um, Which reminds me of someone else who's been on this show and all over, and that's Desmond Mead. Yes. And that was the guy who was leading the protest uh, for restoring uh, felons' voting rights. Yes, we were the first to interview him. That's right. We were the first to interview him. That's right. And we've seen how there's been the official pushback against that, even though we won the referendum. Now people have been chilled into not voting. Absolutely. You know, and because they're afraid of arrest. We live in a state that has uh, really felt like martial law to me. 
you know, and it could explain why this past election, the Republicans and this governor got 19 points more <laughs> votes than they did last time or right. the, more than the Democrats because Democrats were chilled. Democrats were put into a box, uh, made to feel fearful, fearful of arrest. You know what, man? A couple of things. I, I, got, I got to say this, and, and this is... I'm, I'm disappointed in the Democratic Party. I'm very disappointed in the Democratic Party. I'm disappointed because I don't think that um, there enough has been done to engage the communities, to educate the communities, and to be a part of those communities that they're asking for their vote, or they're asking for their vote, right? Um, that has been a long time criticism of mine, uh, critique of the of the Democratic Party, and you know, it's I think it's important that if you're going to uh, win, if you're going to win, right? If you're going to change what is going on, you got to really, really, uh, got to get in there. You got to get in there, right? I mean, am, am I delusional? Or am I, am, I mean, I don't think I'm delusional. I have yet to see uh, a representative from the Democratic Party go to a CRA meeting in East Tampa or West Tampa. I have yet to see a Democratic Party member uh, participate as a member of the as members of the Democratic Party, right? Um, in any Infrastructural meetings. You, you get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Where where you're talking about uh, major change with regard to the, you know the issue, the big one of the big issues of the day, climate change, right? Mm -hmm. And so when we talk about these these things, you talk about these these things that are happening now, right? Uh, you know, we, we have a guy who's sitting in the governor's mansion who is. Basically, uh, setting the stage for Nazi Germany to rise again in the state of Florida. I mean, and I'm not taking that back. That's 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 what it is. He's nationalizing the Republicans' issues, which is, I think, this is a conundrum because, you know, you have a, a, a Republican Party that's just intransigent. That's part of their yeah. politics is to just be intransigent. Let's not be fair. Let's not play fair. Yeah. Uh, and no matter how much, you know, Democrats moderate themselves, which I think is the pro could be one of the problems. They need to be more strident. But they try to get along. They try to get along with the other side with a party that is not trying to play fair. Right. And, and when the Republicans find themselves... At a, at a disadvantage, they changed the rules, and now they find themselves at an, an electoral advantage because now they've uh, registered more Republicans in this state because of the the games that this governor has played, inviting police from New York oh, down yeah. here oh, to yeah. become citizens of Florida and bring their police tactics. <laughs> they, exactly. So they've done it at what cost? Right. They've done it at what cost? Right. And they've done it consistently. They've started, well, one of the like most crazy things that I saw Governor Ron DeSantis do in an act was in 2020, after uh -huh. the uprising for George Floyd, he enacted that anti-protest bill. Right. And so this has been systematic attacks on our rights and what we've been like fighting for and what people have been standing up for for the past 60 years. He's crippling it at its knees at every chance that he gets. Mm -hmm. And like hoping that it'll give this opportunity for reactionaries to have a space, to have a, right. a sense that they can put up their politics when we shouldn't let them at all. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And we should give an inch. No, absolutely. And and I think I think what it does is it justifies on the on the left. It justifies the need for something to hold the the traditional party itself accountable. Much like the Tea Party held the the right accountable for their policies and things, uh, something has to hold us accountable 
um, for with regard to let me not say us uh, hold the Democratic Party accountable on 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 the left. Got to, we got to. Um, right. And I, I don't know I don't know what it, what that would be necessarily except to say. It's the people. And that's all the right has done. And you know, they, they don't play by rules. Remember the the whole uh town hall meetings <laughs> during the yeah. Obama administration when they just went and started shouting down Democratic lawmakers. Well, if Democrats did that to a Republican lawmaker, we'd have warfare on our mm-hmm. hands. So, and I think we got people to think. Actually, now you know we're in the middle of our fun drive. Yeah, there we go. There we go. All right, what we got? What we got? I want to thank Mona Judge, who has donated to two different shows: Gospel Classic Hour, and donated also to Sunday Forum. And she is donating fifty-two dollars and fifty cents to Sunday Forum. So, thank thank you you so much, Mona, for that donation. Also, we just got a donation of one hundred five dollars. For, right. from Ronald W. Smith Sr. in Lake Wales. So thank you for that donation. And he says, keep the fire burning. So thank you. And he's getting a WMNF t-shirt. So thank you so there much we for go, that Ronald. donation. There we yeah. go. Are we, are we cousins, Ronald? Maybe. We might be cousins, Ronald. You know, I'd like to thank Ms. Mona. I met her once mm-hmm. at the Andrew Joseph trial, I believe, and she was wearing this iconic denim jumpsuit. I can guarantee you. <laughs> nice. it was she had on a whole outfit, it so it's Mona. good to see that yeah. she, we know we operate in the same spaces. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Ms. Mona. I don't know if you remember me. <laughs> Mona, you, you, let me tell you, uh, Mona... <laughs> Mona gets fired up, man. <laughs> oh, I love like, it. Like, calm down, Mona. Take it easy. No, right, don't hey, calm down. Hey, right, <laughs> no, 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 no. Hey, listen. Keep the fire burning. Keep that fire burning, Mona. Keep doing what you're doing. We love you, and thank you so much for your support and for your family's support, Mona, because I know uh, they've always been supportive of a lot of the things that, that we've done over the years. So thank you so much uh, to you and your sister uh, and, and, and everybody else out there. Thank you. Uh, but but we got to hear from everybody else out there. We got to hear from you. So call in 813-239-9663. 813-239-9663. Let's go, folks. Let's go. Hey, listen. Um, uh, we have T-shirts. The T-shirts, 8850. Okay? So here's the new challenge. Here's the new challenge. The new challenge is $88.50. How many people can we get to call in for $88.50. We just now, need 10 more like that. Let's, let's go. Let's go. $88. 10 people, $88.50. Fam, you where yet? Come on, guys. And, and then my next challenge is going to be HBCU challenge. My next one's going to be HBCU challenge. So first, we're going to start out with the 88.5 challenge. Let's see who comes up with it first. And how many of them we're going to get. All right, so eighty-eight point five. You get, you get. What do you get? You get a T-shirt. You get a baseball cap. You get, um, God dog, a T-shirt, a black tapered scoop neck, yeah. woo, and the crew cut T-shirt. Not the crew cut. Yeah, the crew cut. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, and then you get the uh, you get the shopping bag for a hundred dollars. Your you a Black History USB. For a hundred dollars, your women's history USB for a hundred dollars, um, folks. Hey, can't beat that. Doctor Bob's book, Kentucky Farmer invents wireless farmer invents wireless telephone. But was it radio facts and folklore about Nathan Stubblefield? What is it? Is that a book? Yeah, it is a book. It's by our do- our own Doctor Bob, who hosts the 60s show on Saturdays. Oh, and he wrote a book about Nathan B. Stubblefield. And yeah. you might sound that name might sound familiar to WMNF listeners because that's who our foundation is named mm-hmm. after. Our license is in the name of Nathan B. Stubblefield Foundation. We named it after this radio pioneer, uh, someone who may have invented radio before Marconi. Uh, the so this Nathan B. Stubblefield, Dr. Bob wrote a book about him, and you can get a copy of that book for a $120 gift to WMNF. All right, all right. And you can get the tickets to the Tropical Heat Wave. Pair of tickets, $288 for a pair of tickets to the Tropical Heat Wave. Man, listen, uh, that's, I like that. I like. And listen, for $1,000, this big-time stuff here, for $1,000, you get the tip pass. 
Ooh. <laughs> At the tropical heat wave. You get you get to show like uh like Not, Wayne's World, you get it was showing the passes. It's the yeah. oasis. Yeah. Pass, which yeah. means it'd be nice and shady for those who pay the hundred thousand uh, dollar yes. donation. I have another donation that just came in, if you don't mind me reading right now. <laughs> All right, let's do it. Ron Griffin from Thanota Sasa has made a $150, uh, sorry, $100 and $5 donation. All right, Ron. And uh, he says, Thanks, super Ron. power pill requesting space at the studio, etc. <laughs> so, so Ron is Come getting... Come on, Ron. <laughs> Bring some of that music. Go ahead. Come on. He is taking home the Black History USB. All right. And so that's going to, once it arrives, it's going to take, you know, we have to order it from Pacifica. And so it'll take a few weeks to get here. But once that happens, he will have hours and hours of listening enjoyment from that Black History USB. You can get a copy of that as well for a $100 donation. I believe with Ron's donation, now we need to raise $750. So that's yeah. very doable. That's about uh, seven or eight people, about by eight or nine people, that is, donating 8850 or more. So please call now, 813-239-9663 or donate on our secure website, WMNF.org. Sounds great. Right. Yeah, Ron, you got to enjoy that. I'm telling you, man. Maybe you could talk about it. And uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll be able to see him in here at some point. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It, you know, some news that came up this weekend. Um, Ben Crump. Yes. Ben Crump is representing Malcolm X's family mm. in a wrongful death suit. In the wrongful death suit of Malcolm X. This is this is true. This is happening. Yeah, they reopened the murder investigation a few years ago, and now the family is saying that they're gonna, along with Ben Crump, through Ben Crump, file this lawsuit to find out what the the police. The New York State Attorney and what the police knew mm-hmm. at that time about the dangers to Malcolm X when he entered the Audubon Ballroom. And, uh, we'll see what comes of that. You know, there's a lot of questions I've always had, but why was Farrakhan? You know, Farrakhan did say to uh, Betty Shabazz that he also helped create the, the uh, atmosphere, atmosphere for, for Malcolm's murder. So we need to flesh that out a little more as well. Yeah. And a lot of families recently have been getting a lot of traction out of the Wrongful Death Act here in Tampa. Andrew Joseph's family uh, won $15 million because of that. And out in L.A., uh, I That's forgot right. the name of the family. They also won a lawful or a Wrongful Death Act case. And here in Tampa, again, there's another one that's opened up because the qualified immunity isn't allowed in this case. So they're being able to charge the officer. Hmm. Mm. Qualified immunity not allowed. <laughs> That's a rarity. It sure is, right? Um, I, under the circumstance, I think it's, I think it would be appropriate to play uh, Malcolm X at a press conference. It's dealing with uh, de- a deadly police raid that took place in Los Angeles. Uh, this is uh, this is the sounds of Malcolm X. In an interview regarding this particular issue. And this is in 1962. Meanwhile, you can give us a call. Please look into it. Yes, yes, I was sent out. Uh, I did come. I came, and the, yes, the Negro press did. The Negro, the Negro press came to us and asked us our story. The Negro press came to us and asked us what took place. Yes, sir. The Negro, listen, ma'am. The Negro press, the uh, Sentinel, the Eagle, the Herald Dispatch, Jet, all the Negro press, and not only them, across the country, New York, Amsterdam News, Philadelphia Tribune, all of the Negro papers asked us. Uh, what happened? And I and what made me feel so good, and it makes me even feel more good to see uh, Brother Roy Wilkins telegram that there's not a Negro in America who was gullible enough to eat the story that Chief Parker fed to the uh, wire services. Yes, sir. I don't know, sir. I don't think, uh, well, I, I, I don't know if I would be wise to say what I think along that line, but uh, 
I, I don't think it was calculated to happen right then because there was so much ignorance involved. So many ignorant moves were made by the police. It's impossible for me to believe that the police could have planned that thing. They made too many mistakes. They actually, they, they were very foolish in practically everything that they did. I'm inclined to believe that one of them did say this. When they were shooting up, they shot around inside the, inside the mosque so much so that, you, that we found bullets laying on the floor inside a religious house of prayer. If someone throws a, 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 a glass through the window of a synagogue or through the window of a church, they, everybody's up an arm all over the world. Here is the police department shooting up a house of prayer. Indiscriminately. We have, they, and they didn't have any doubt about where they were because the sign in there says that this is authorized as a house of worship by the, by the, uh, uh, the Los Angeles, uh, and it says conforms with all of the Los Angeles uh, municipal codes. They were left lying on the street for some time and they were handcuffed. They were handcuffed. They were handcuffed and bleeding. It arrived very late. It, they were, it, they'd arrived very late. As I told you earlier, even the policeman said, why should the ambulance hurry? There's nothing but niggers out there. Why, if some of you heard, if some of you could hear or were aware of the conversation that uh, the police engaged in concerning this event, I don't care how much anti-Muslim you might be, your own humane quality would make you resent with shame and uh, the, their disgraceful behavior. Mr. At this particular point, at this particular point, it's not our intention to divulge what we intend to do, but I will say this, that no matter how much effort is put forth by the daily press to suppress the facts of the brutal murder of this black man and the cold-blooded shooting of these other six black men, the uh, press in Africa won't camouflage it. The press in Asia won't camouflage it. The press in Latin America won't camouflage it. These facts will be fed to them. And it, and it makes America look like an uh, 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 imbecile to send billions of dollars to all of these dark countries trying to buy their friendship and their sympathy and their allegiance and then shoot down black men in this country in cold blood and think that they can sell their form of the democracy or ideology to those people over there. I'll ask my lawyer. <laughs> Those are the sounds. The, the soundbite you just you just listened to was um, Malcolm X in 1962. He's responding to it's a press conference where he's responding to questions relevant to a police raid that took place in a mosque in Los Angeles. Now you know they're, they're, what you listen to just now uh, is not something that is uncommon. Right. It's not something that's new to us. It is something that has happened uh, in in the 21st century. Well, that's a right. yeah, that raises a good question for me. That is, when we look at what is happening to this state and in this country right now, how the idea of not teaching the truth, not teaching about the the racism that is taking place against black and brown communities. The question for me is: Will we teach COINTELPRO? counterintelligence program oh. will we add that or we start subtracting that from history right right absolutely absolutely i know i know you know we learned it but where where i went to school at that age in the formative years was at famu high okay at famu high which was a predominantly black school in the nation's cap in the state's capital in the state's capital right on this, on the highest of seven hills, right there next to Florida A and M University, mm -hmm. it's a developmental research school. And when I say it's a developmental research school, it was a developmental. It is it is a developmental research school. They developed some of the greatest minds to leave uh, to leave uh, secondary and uh, secondary and high school to go into tertiary education, right? Mm -hmm. Going to to go into universities. And let me just, let me be clear. Uh, the teachers in in primary grades, we knew more than most kids about our own history. Leaving primary school, going into going into high school, we could we outthought most of, most of the kids uh, in high school relevant to to that to black history. So we knew things we knew things because we we were trained. We thought 
in school, school is a matter of, you know, you you go to school to be educated, right? When when you're educated, you are being when you're educated, you have a choice of being of just sitting there and being a student or being a scholar. They made they turned us into most of us into scholars. Into scholars. Right. You understand? So um you know that that was the difference. That was the difference. But it, it's something that uh, that goes like you know, like the governor said. Uh, you know, Florida's where where woke comes to die, right? And none of your history has any educational value, right? So, so, so when you say that to me, the first thing I think of as a graduate of University of South Florida's. Uh, uh, Institute on Black Life in their in their in Africana Studies Department at the master's level. I'm telling you that we fought like hell early on for the, for it not to be shut down, and that was internal. But when but now that we're looking at at the governor of the state that is violating vi- completely violating votes and things like that, and and, and you know I mean like. Now he's t- he's just taking this whole thing to a whole other level. Now he's literally trying to shut down any knowledge, yeah, any real knowledge of of ourselves. That's he's ridiculous. Playing politics because yeah, it's yeah. been as they as they, it's been pointed out, they have, I guess, among white voters, they have poll tested this stuff. Oh, absolutely. And now he's running with it. Absolutely, absolutely. That's the cynicism of it all. Absolutely. And he set the pace, as I said before earlier in the show, he set the pace for these white nationalists to come here and act the way they're acting. Mm-hmm. Even though they are, they, are, they are in opposition to him and his Israeli policies, they are, he set the pace for that type of thing to come and visit, on, visit him. And I, I'm telling you now, like you said, maybe they'll end up canceling each other out. Right. And yes. the, the onus for the past ever of uh, the black folks here in the South is to know their own history and to know what's right and what's wrong and to push the history forward. And I'd like to remind people that on this day, February 26, in 2012, Trayvon Martin, a 17-year-old un- unarmed kid, was shot and killed in Sanford, Florida by vigilante George Zimmerman after... Ignoring an order from the police, Zimmerman followed and confronted and murdered Trayvon Martin. Mm-hmm. And this sparked movements all across America, all across the U.S., from Chicago to here in Tampa, where Dream Defenders, which helped organize the protests against DeSantis, or the walkouts, was originated from. Mm. Right. So each generation has to deal with the same stupidity. You know, people who are trying to exploit race. Politicize racism, absolutely, and we confront that here on this show. That's the one thing. That's the one thing that 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 everybody knows about the Sunday Forum is that they can tune in on Sunday, and we confront those things up front, no filter, none of that. Which is why we need you to call and continue to help show your support and save Sunday morning public affairs. 813-239-9663, 813-239-9663. Call in. Folks on Facebook, if you're watching, please share this information, 813-239-9663. Make sure that you are sharing this information with the folks out there so that we can make so that we can get your contribution today. Um, l- l- let me tell you folks, I am I am excited. I'm excited. How much do we have, uh, Sean? We've raised $758 or so, and okay. we're halfway to our goal of $1,500. So that means in the next 27 minutes, we need to raise $750, and we can only do that if people call right now. Come on, 813-239-9663. If you're near a computer or your phone, you can donate on the WMNF app, or you can go to WMNF.org and make your secure donation there. We're looking for people to donate $8,850, to, and you can get a T-shirt for a thank you gift if you donate 88.50 but please make sure that you donate to support Sunday Forum on WMNF keep us commercial free keep us independent 813-239-9663 all right all right hey listen we got listen Angie Stone Angie Stone yeah <laughs> Woo, brother right here on the Sunday Forum here we go get fired up folks call in 813 813- 239-9663 Right here on the Sunday Forum Angie Stone 
and brother. This goes out to all the brothers out there incarcerated, the brothers who are out, the brothers that are on the street, the brothers who are educated, the brothers who are not. The brothers out there, just know that we believe in you, brothers. Let's go. Everything I go through and everything I am is my support system. I can't live without him. The best thing since sliced bread is his kiss, his hugs, his lips, his touch. And I just want the whole world to know about my bad brother. I love you and I'll never try to hurt you. I want you to know that. Here for you forever true Cause you're my bad brother Strong brother And there is no one above you I want you to know that I'm here for you forever true uh-huh. He's misunderstood Some say that he's up to no good Around the neighborhood For your information A lot of my brothers got Education, now check it. You got your Wall Street brother, your blue collar brother. You're down for whatever, chilling on the corner, brother. A talented brother, and to every one of y'all behind bars, you know that Angel loves you. My black brother, I love you. I'll never try to No, no, no. faith right here on the Sunday Forum. Those are words of Angie Stone. Got unshakable faith. Really unshakable faith, Laura. Unshakable faith, Sean. Unshakable faith. You understand? That's what we bring right here on the Sunday Forum. That's what we bring to the community. That's what we bring to community radio. We bring unshakable faith to the black community, to the brown community. To all those people out there who have been underrepresented or not represented, we give that voice to you right here on the Sunday Forum. Call in, 813-239-9663. Unshakable faith, my Billy. Yeah. Huh? Good good news, Walt. Sorry to to interrupt you, but I think we we need less than $700 right now. And I also think that there's two people on the phone that sound like they're making donations. I believe it's to this show. That would be excellent news. So if that's true, if both of those people are making donations to Sunday Forum and we're already uh, less than $700 away from our goal, it's possible that we might only need five or six more people to donate to Sunday Forum to make the goal. So can you be one of those people right now? We're looking for you. We're looking for a radio hero with 20 minutes left in the show. Will you support Walter and Mabili and Laura and everyone that makes this show possible? Support the community. Keep WMNF commercial free and independent. 813-239-9663 or WMNF.org. We're looking for people who can make an $88.50 a month contribution. I'm sorry, a one-time donation of $88.50. You can also mm. join the Circle of Friends if you'd like to make a monthly donation at $5 a month or $10 a month. But please call now, 813 239 folks. $88.50, huh? Come on now. Come on. Somebody can do it now. It's 9.39, 9.39 a.m. Tanking the bangers. 
<laughs> Black folk. Black folk. Hey, listen, before before we do that, though, Laura. I got a personal profile for y'all. Personal profile. <laughs> What's up, Laura? Who we got? We, as per your request, we're doing Don Pedro Aviso Campos. Yes. Which is, uh, his nickname was uh, uh, affectionately called the Maestro or El Maestro. Um, because he helped a lot of Puerto Rican workers uh, out of poverty, and he led the independent movement until his death, his untimely death, um, which is actually the same year that uh, um, Malcolm X was assassinated, just a couple months afterwards. Mm. Um, so two, two state-killed uh, people right there. Okay, so Aluisu Campos was born to a, pre a peasant African uh, woman in Puerto Rico, and his father didn't really acknowledge him until he became a success, so I'm not going to acknowledge his father. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> okay. um, so He's a sucker. He was you know, born in 1891. That was before Puerto Rico became a colony to the U.S. That was while it was under Spanish colonial rule. And he, on his seventh birthday, a little bit after, that's when the U.S. took over control of the island. And so for the majority of his uh, kid life, he had never attended school. He didn't, he was just a kid who, his mother died at seven. He wasn't acknowledged by his father. He was living on the streets for a while. He didn't even attend primary school until he was about 10 or 11. And, you know, he's double his classmates' age. And this is also at the time where, and as per U.S. decree, they weren't allowed to teach in Spanish. When everybody on the island knew Spanish, they had to teach in English. All of the textbooks were in English. They had to. They made the kids recite a pledge of allegiance to the United States every day in English. Let the Bantu Education Act and apartheid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he was a bright mind. He was able to catch up and surpass a lot of his peers while he was in school to the point where he was able to attend through his aunt's help uh, an elite high school in Puerto Rico and eventually became the first Puerto Rican to attend and graduate from Harvard. And he became the valedictorian at at oh, yeah. uh, yeah. Harvard, he was and the first black man to to uh, to go to their law school and to graduate. Exactly, like he broke open the lot of, a lot of the doors for not only black folks, but for are not only Puerto Rican folks, but for black folks in general in the U.S. Yeah. He was someone who was very well-spoken, very, like, mild-mannered, and he had a great mind. And, he, you know, one of the things that I was reading about was he was very involved in the Irish independence struggle while he was at Harvard. And he was listening to people talk one day about the situation. He got up and he spoke for about an hour, just impromptu. And a British nobleman was like, if I wasn't British, I would be on your side. <laughs> <laughs> you can still be on my side. Right, right. Um, and so he it was a great mind. And he, you know, saw how the elite children were acting and would get drunk and stumble and were using their classes as a point in their day where maybe they could attend, maybe they couldn't. And he, he, he did not acknowledge or did not want that at all. So when he graduated from Harvard, when he graduated from law school, he got a lot of offers to work at big corporations, at big this and that, because he was good at what he did. And he said, no, he went back to Puerto Rico. He went back to the people and he started his own one-man practice and essentially practiced poverty law for the next 10 years. And he worked with the people that he lived with from his own town, from his own hometown. And he, you know, day after day, he was doing, you know, poverty law with farm with farmers and workers. And keep in mind, because this is Puerto Rico in the 1920s, the majority of workers were sugarcane workers or tobacco or coffee workers. The industry, about 40% of the island was bought by U.S. sugar companies or, you know, tobacco companies. And so he helped a lot of the workers get their fair wages. And he didn't get a lot of recognition and support until the agricultural workers strike. And that, I believe, was in the 1926. Mm -hmm. And because of that, he was able to win double the pay for the workers. Outstanding. Double the pay. And so that's when all of the, they're called hibaros. They're, it's, a, it's a Spanish term for hillbillies. <laughs> and all of the, the sugarcane workers 
really just admired and respected him. And because of the work that he did for them, that's when he became the head of the Puerto Rican Nationalist Party in 1930. Which was symbolized by by the head of a hero. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the head of a hero. <laughs> like, and it, it, what he accomplished was crazy in my, you know, my personal opinion. And something that isn't super recognized or isn't talked about is that he united Puerto Ricans of different ethnic backgrounds because there were black Puerto Ricans, there were indigenous Puerto Ricans, and there were the white Puerto Ricans, which were Spanish colonists type deal. Right. But they were still workers at the end of the day. The people that were poor. The people that were poor. poor he united the people that were poor against the the colonial like status against the U.S., against the state that kept them in poverty, against the state that kept their, their home away from them. Um, and because of what he was doing and what he was saying and because he wasn't popular in the U.S., he was jailed in 1936. And for, he was jailed for 26 years on, on charges of like espionage and s- other because words that raid. I can't remember. Well, and, and it was primarily because of the raid on the Capitol mm-hmm. that led to the to the assassination, or the, to, it led to one person being killed in the Capitol at, during the time of that, congressional hearing. That was in 19, that was the second time he was yeah. arrested. So, okay, second <laughs> time. I'm sorry. Hey, okay, I'm sorry. Time. My bad, my bad, my bad, my bad. So while, while he was in prison, he was still the head of the Nationalist Puerto Rican Party and they had uh, marches for him in honor of him and to get him freed. And one of the marches was in Ponce in 1937. And this was at a time because the U.S. recognized the threat that he posed against their rule, they militarized the national police. They brought in weapons. They brought in a military person to be the governor of Puerto Rico at this time. And so, like, they had machine guns. They had this and they, like, they had everything. And what the Puerto Ricans had were wooden guns that they practiced with. (laughs) And at one of these marches, they massacred. At the Ponce March in 1937, they massacred 21 Puerto Ricans, one of them a child, all of them civilians. Nobody had any weapons. They injured more than 200 people and then tried to frame it that they were killing the police, that they were shooting the police. The police had a photographer come in after they had massacred everyone and used a photo of one policeman who got hit by their own people as a as a as a cover but the Puerto Ricans oh knew God. that was fake they knew it was yeah. fake all of the all of the uh, Puerto Rican news media outlets that were controlled by the US said this isn't right at all and you know this continued to happen year after year after year until he was finally released in 19 ooh I didn't write that date down in the 1950s area and so I think it was 52. 52. So when he was... Re- oh, and also one of the first things that he did, because we talked about... In, in, not we talked about, but in Wild Goose Chase, one of the lines that stuck out to me was chemicals to control the population. And I want, you to remi- I want to remind you that Puerto Rican women faced steril- forced sterilization in the 1950s. So one-third of the Puerto Rican women population had their uteruses removed, were forcibly sterilized. My grandma is one of those people. Oh, wow. So it's it's something that, and that's a story for a lot of Puerto Ricans. I know a lot of Puerto Ricans who are like, yeah, my grandma was sterilized during that time. Wow. Um, and, you know, once he got out, that had a lot of, it reignited the fire of the people on the island because their leader was back, their leader, their leader was able to talk to people directly. And that led to a lot of nationalist revolts. <laughs> and because they were calling for armed armed like if they're if the oppressor is going to be armed and killing us we need to be armed and defending ourselves and and this was in the face of unemployment and starvation because in the 1950s that's when all of the plantations became industries and so not all the workers had jobs and that's when a lot of people left to go to new york because they had no other option or left to go to chicago um and then through that, that's when the plan for Lolita Lebron and others to go into Congress um, and demand Puerto Rican independence, not a referendum, not any like independence right here, right now. And because Lolita was a woman, she wasn't, as a Puerto Rican woman, she wasn't respected as such. And so she was able to bring in 
a handgun <laughs> to, the, to the to the U.S. Congress building, and um, anyway, that's they went to blasting. Uh huh. That uh, got uh, Don Pedro arrested again, um, and he was supposed to be pardoned, but that didn't work out because the. Uh, elected governor at that time, I believe his name was Luis. Luis Morin. Yeah, he was a sellout. Unfortunately, uh, he took <laughs> a bribe to uh, that got him placed as governor. And when independence was granted, or not granted, but uh, you know handed over to the Puerto Rican people, like in the same manner that the Filipinos got their um, independence was through uh, an act. That's a, a very similar act was presented to Puerto Rico, but because U.S. Uh, CIA had a file on him that uh, showed he was an addict. He never voted for it and never wanted it and completely uh. turned his back on the Puerto Rican people. But that that was not our man, uh, <laughs> Don Pedro. No. That was uh, Luis. And um, Luis so, so I know we got some people to thank before we get off the air, <laughs> but do, that's a do, great do, profile. Yes. Thank you. Let me tell you. And, and, and it was found later on that, that, they were, that, that it was state-sanctioned torture uh, uh, that was that was actually yeah. uh, committed against him while he was in prison. That led to him having several strokes. Yeah, when he was died when he was jailed, he was subject to radiation, and that's what oh. that's what took him out. Mm-hmm. Radiation. All right, we got we got some thank yous, thank yous. What we got? What we got? What we got? We sure do. Uh, so right now, I want to thank Leon Anonymous from 20, with a twenty five dollar gift from Brandon. Thank you, Leon. Also, Heather Hubner from Clearwater is donating $21. And Mama T from Sarasota is picking up the Women's USB, the Women's History USB. So thank you for that. And she's donating $105. So thank you, Mama T. T. Also, Carl Peterson from St. Petersburg is contributing $60. I like your show and I'm not afraid to fight back is what Carl writes. So I think (laughs) right now we need less than $500. I think we, if we All get right. five people right now to donate $100, we would make that goal. Let's do so it. Less than $500 still to go in about nine minutes. 813-239-9663. If you appreciate the history lesson that Laura just brought us, if you like the show, that the Sunday Forum that, that comes every week to you, we can only do that with your financial support. Please donate now. 813-239-9663 or WMNF.org. All right. All right. Listen. This is great. This is great. We're doing good. We're doing good, guys. Doing good. Um, let's look, look, look at it. Lights. Lights going off already. This is great. This is great. Um, yeah, all man. right. So, Dwayne Dris- Dwayne Driscoll, what's up, man? Hey, listen, he's watching right now. 813-239-9663. Call in and make your pledge. 813-239-9663. Call in and make your pledge, Dwayne. All right? Um, all right. Let's see. Tank and the Bangers. Okay. Black folk. <laughs> right here on Sunday Forum. Come on. We just have a few minutes left. Give us a call. Show your support for the Sunday Forum. 239-9663. Area 813-239-9663. paintings from JJ in the living room. It sounds strong, look like sacrifice. It'd be flowers blooming in the summertime. Black sound like old songs, smell like good food. And it tastes like heart disease, but it feel like maize at Jazz Fest. Black sound like something that hurt, like a hard test. Black sound like skin, like something dark. It look like hair, yeah. Black sound like rough hair and good hair. Look like history, sound spiritual. Black sound like years, like working, like night. 
Black sound like money. Look like Walmart. Like corner stores, like cash register singing. Black sound like 400 years. Smell like Oprah. Impactful like Martin. Look like Cicely Tyson. Sing like Nina. Got a ass like Serena. Feel like broken homes in Section 8. Black smell like cracking collard greens. Sounds motivational, feels like church. Look like big Sunday hats and ribbons. Smile like your mama. Eyes like the sun. Beautiful child. Oh, you're the one. Fly like your daddy. Make me so happy. Beautiful child. And sneaky uncles Look like Tyler Perry making money Sound like hating, feel frustrating, don't it? Like they don't get it Like they won't ever get it, huh? Like, push your personal feelings of racial injustice so far underneath the carpet That you trip over your own family history <laughs> But I love me some black folk I love the hair grease and the rental fees The front row seats, the police, the projects, the mustard greens Being late, social security checks, government assistance Bougie, black, looking good, bags of hair, fake press on nails Rat tail comb, stunting gold chain, gold teeth Black men and big feet, I love me some black folk For they are the people that were made from the darkest parts of the sky That's the sound of Tank and the Bangers right here on the Sunday Forum, WMNF 88.5 Tampa. Hey, we got that unshakable faith right here on the Sunday Forum. Yeah. Uh-huh. And you're helping us keep that faith. Yes. calling us, and it looks like we got some people to thank. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. I do. I have a couple of people to thank right now, and I have, uh, so LaToya Williams-Pugh from Tampa, $105 contribution. Oh, thank you. Thank is you, getting Toya. our WMNF t-shirt. Thank you for that contribution of $105, LaToya. And we also have another donation of $120. This person, Elizabeth Adams from Pinellas Park, is joining our circle of friends. So uh, a sustaining member of WMNF at $10 a month is also getting a WMNF t-shirt to support Thank you, to support Sunday Forum. Right now, we need less than $250, $230. We need less than $230. So if there's one person out there in our last three minutes that can make a $230 donation, Sunday Forum will meet its goal. Or if you can make a $50 or $100 contribution, we really need to hear from you right now. Do right you now. support this station? 813-239-9663. When I was in the phone room, I heard one of the phone bank volunteers talking to someone about FAMU. So perhaps there's some back there who's making a HBCU challenge. Oh, yeah. If there's anyone who has who went to an HBCU, let's hear which which college gets the most uh, donations in yes. for this show. FAMU, BCU, uh, Edward Waters, uh, uh, Florida Memorial. What we got? What's going on? Or if you're online, you could do it from anywhere. You could talk about any HBCU. That's right. That's right. That's right. Uh, you know, none of them are as great as the highest of seven hills, of course. But hey, you know. No, but thank you so much. Thank you uh, for all your contributions. We appreciate it. Come on, y'all. Come on. We got a little bit left. Got a little bit left. Let's yeah, do it. Maybe somebody can it. take the tropical heat wave a pair of tickets for $288 and that'll do it. Yes, 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 yes. Give us a call. 813-239-9663 or go online, hit the tip jar. WMNF.org. Yes. I saw um, Dewan Driscoll contact us right here online. He's trying to make his contribution uh, on the Facebook page from the Facebook family. Uh, Cindy Tucker. Cindy Tucker. Are you going to make a, con- a contribution, Cindy? 
Oh, I think so. Call I think somebody's Call making it. Somebody's calling. Come on, Cindy. Come on now. Maybe you can get your name on a patio paver. People's Ooh. patio paper for, you know, if you're a circle of friends, 8850. Is it 8850? For a circle of friends. Circle of friends. But if you want to do, uh, if you're an annual contributor, then it, it's $1,000. Okay. But you get okay. your name out there. Okay. Grind and stone. We just there need about $150 right now, I think, oh, okay. because Mama T. Teresa Quintano from Sarasota is donating $88.50. Uh, so good that Mama T. in Sarasota had to call back and make a more a larger pledge. So thank you again, Mama All right. T. All right. And Mama, Mama T. is getting a t-shirt. So we just need $150 more and, <laughs> and Sunday on, Forum will make Come its on. goal. Who can donate $150 to be the Sunday Forum hero in the last 40 seconds of this show? You're listening to WMNF Tampa. Thanks so much for your contribution. Contributions, please call now 813 239 9663. I know Dwan Driscoll will. <laughs> Famous last name, huh? <laughs> Cindy, Cindy, thank you very much. She said she's busted. So, yeah. Okay. Hey, hey come on, Cindy. Make the make a $50 donation if you can. $25, $50, whatever you can. Let's make it. Let's make it. Dewan, I'm waiting for your for your light to for your light to come on right now. Uh so hey, listen, come on, y'all. Come on. Uh, listen, it's winding, it's winding down time right now. Um 